0: Amen. Thank the Lord for that this morning. Independence or dependence is the title of my message. Let's ask God to help us now. Father, thank you again uh, for the time this morning we can be here. We thank you for this time of the year when we celebrate the 4th of July. Lord, it's more than just picnics and, and fireworks. Lord, we celebrate our freedom that we have. And, Lord, as an American, we have, we have freedom here in our country, but we have freedom because of you as our Savior. Lord, bless in this time together. I pray if there's somebody here not saved, you'll save them. And God, I pray you'll work on our hearts about some things today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The folks came to Jesus, Pharisees did, trying to find out something. Of course, Lord saw right through them, and he does. He knows exactly what's going on, doesn't he? And he doesn't, doesn't pull any punches here. He just kind of called them what, what they were, hypocrites. You know, people say, well, you ought, not, you ought to be careful what you say. Well, the Lord was careful, and he used the word hypocrite. And uh, his preaching was straightforward where people understood it. And uh, don't you think it maybe stepped on their toes a little bit when he preached that? Well, of course it did. Uh, but uh, they, they say it, said to him, said, well, you know, now what, what should we do? You know, do we render under Caesar? Do we pay tribute to Caesar? And the Lord said, we'll bring a coin to me. And they he brought a penny, you know, for taxes. Boy, wouldn't it be something to have taxes like that again, amen, where it would just be a penny. And uh, but, uh, we, uh, uh, they, they brought that, and he said, you know, whose picture's on there? And, and, of course, it was Caesar. And then he made that statement that is so powerful. In verse 21, the middle part of the verse says, Render, therefore, unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's. But then he goes on to say this, And unto God the things that are God's. On July 4, 1776, in Philadelphia, our founding fathers signed a document declaring our independence from a tyranny of those who had enslaved the souls of man the minds of man, the lives of man. They were, those people signing that declaration, were declaring their independence from Great Britain. You know, I know we're a long time removed from that time, but may we not forget what this was all about. Today we have our freedoms. You know, it's really sad, though, too. We, we, we make time for all the parties, but we forget the reason that these people came to America. They didn't come to America so we can have fireworks. They didn't come to America so that we can have a picnic. They came to America for freedom. And so they declared their independence from Great Britain, but just as much they declared their dependence on the Almighty God. You know, we only get part of that story sometimes. Yes, they were declaring their independence from Great Britain, but they also declared that they were dependent upon the Lord. The Declaration of Independence begins by proclaiming that we are subject only to the, listen to this, and I quote, the laws of nature and nature's God, capital G. It ends with these words. With a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Now, when I read that, I understand, you know, there, but there's a word that I want you to really catch there. He said, he said this, with a firm reliance on the protection of, of divine providence. They were saying this, we were relying on God. They were relying on God. And, and, and that reliance means this, it means dependence, so when we talk about the Declaration of Independence, we're talking about this. Independent from, 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 from Great Britain, but dependent upon the Lord. You cannot have one without the other, really. And so the signers of the Declaration of Independence were staking everything on God. On God taking care of them, watching over them, and seeing them through their struggle for freedom. You know, it was more than just signing a paper one day. There was a struggle for the freedoms that we could have. And they were asking for God to watch over them and help them. And it said, with a firm reliance upon the protection of divine providence, talking about God. Contrary to what many people say today, our founding fathers did not believe in separation of church and state. You say, well, well, they hear it all the time. I know the news, the news and the liberal, liberal people want you to think that. Separation of church and state means this. The state stays out of the business of the church. But the church and our founding fathers were saying this. The church and religion plays a part in society and in our government. You look at our government buildings, you go to Washington, D.C., you'll find scripture all over the place. Why? I'm not saying I'm not saying they were all the best Christians in all the world, and maybe some weren't saved. But the fact of the matter is, our nation was founded upon this blessed Bible we hold in our hands today. They believe that this nation was founded by God. They believe that our nation was protected by God. They believe that our nation is preserved by God, and they also believe this that our nation will be uh, will be uh, uh, prospered by God. Everything about this new nation here was about God. In other words, it all depends upon God. That's the way it started. And so these men were willing to pledge everything. They were willing to pledge their lives. They were willing to pledge their fortunes. And some of them are very wealthy men. But they were willing to give everything to be free. You know what? Jesus gave everything so we could be free. But those men were willing to give of their wealth, to give of their lives even. And give their sacred honor. In other words, what? They put everything on the line. They say about the men who signed the Declaration of Independence that they were actually signing their own death warrant when they did that. They believed in it. Of the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence, nine of those men died in, from wounds and hardships during the war. You know, you, under, you understand this morning here that it was not just the signing of that, but then there was a war. Five were captured and imprisoned, and in each case subject to torture. Several lost their wives, their children, their entire families. One lost his 13 children. Two wives were brutalized and assaulted by the British. All at one time or another were victims of manhunts and driven from their homes. Twelve signers had their homes burned completely to the ground. Seventeen of them lost everything that they owned. A price was paid. A price was paid. These men pledged and gave their lives, their fortunes. And you know what's interesting? Not one of them went back on their sacred honor. They stood firm, willing to pay a price. We are blessed today to be able to go to church in America. We're blessed today to be able to have a church in a free country. I'm glad we're not, we're not having to, 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 to bow down to, to, to Britain. I'm glad today that we can bow down to God. I just wish we would take advantage of that more often. That's how it started. But here's how we are today. All over the country, reports are emerging of schools pushing LGBTQ ideologies on students, and even promoting non-traditional sexual preferences or gender transitions without parents' knowledge. Recently, Recently obtained emails exchanged between staff at a school in Pennsylvania. Revealed the school attempting to hide a middle schooler's preferred pronouns and gender transition from her parents. The emails also revealed that the school was encouraging this middle schooler to start an LGBTQ related club. In August 2021, Greg Epstein, that's a familiar name, Epstein, isn't it? He was a vile man, so was this guy, so is this guy in 1921. Greg Epstein assumed his role as president of the Harvard Chaplains following a unanimous Unanimous election. The atheist described as a godfather to the humanist movement. Will coordinate the activities of over 40 chaplains. From different religious backgrounds. Mr. Epstein is the author of the book. Good without God. And seeks to help students searching for meaning. Outside religious uh, structures. Harvard was founded with the motto Truth for Christ and the church. Today, however, it stands as a testimony of the danger of apostasy. According to Harvard Crimson survey of the class of 2019, students were two times more likely to identify as atheist or agnostic than 18-year-olds in the general population, leading the interfaith community in an institution founded on biblical truth. Mr. Epstein said, "We don't look to God for answers." where we are each other's answers. Over 60% of the professing Christians deny salvation through Christ alone. Jesus, Muhammad, and Buddha can all lead to heaven, according to a study revealing the beliefs, now listen to this, of over 60% of professing born-again Christians in America between the ages of 18 and 39. The result of the survey also showed that over 30% say that they believe Jesus sinned just like others, or they aren't sure. Now, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, do you understand what I'm talking about here? They're talking about the beliefs of, over, of these professing born-again people. Our world's a mess, so much of a mess right now. Our nation's so much of a mess right now that even people who name the name of Christ are saying this. What the survey called the basic biblical biblical worldview, including God's divine attributes, the accuracy of the Bible, salvation through Christ alone, and the sinless deity of Christ, had dropped among American Christians from 47% in 2010 to 25% in 2020. Those who held an expanded biblical worldview, beliefs about worldview, means this, beliefs about Satan and morals being objective also declined from 32% to t- in 2010 to 16% in 2020. The study which compared the 18 to 29 age group from 2010 with the same group 10 years later, now 30 to 39 years old, said the halved percentage, percentage of profe- uh, prof- professing born-again Christians with a biblical worldview over the last decade is a startling degradation in worldview beliefs of born-again Christians over just 10 years. I doubt their born-again part. You know, many times we talk to people today, and they, they have the right words. But I'm thinking, you know what? We're talking about America. We just, I just gave you a bunch of stuff here. But what our forefathers believed, the way it started out, and look where we're at today. I saw them burning a flag. Because of the Roe v. Wade overturn. And I thought, you know, and there's something there. The hatred. I, I read yesterday about people not happy with America. And I'm not happy with what's going on in America. But I wouldn't trade America for any other country in the world. And for the fact of the matter is, we were here first. Our kind were. And so our Lord said something very interesting here. He said, render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's. He said, those things belong to the government. You've got to do those things that belong to the government. But he said this, the things belong to God. You'd make sure you take care of that too. Abraham Lincoln put it well. He said, a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And what that means is this. I believe our government requires an active involvement. You see, we need to seek for our government some things. Go with me to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1. And We still believe the Bible around here too, don't we? (laughs) Hopefully you're not like those born-again people that that article was about. Look, look, Look what he says here in chapter 2, verse number 1, 1 Timothy. I exhort, therefore... That here it is, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for who? All for all men. All right, it doesn't stop there. You see there's a semicolon there, isn't it? For kings and for all that are in authority, that may that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So what was the first thing supposed to be taken care of here? And what's, what's, what's the apostle talking about here to Timothy? He said, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And then he goes on to explain here, for kings. That'd be the president. You, you, know, you know what we're supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be praying for our leaders. I should almost say so-called leaders. But you know, we are good at condemning, we are good, and rightfully so. And we are good at criticizing, rightfully so. Let me ask you, when was the last time you prayed that God would give President Biden wisdom? Or how about this, that President Biden gets saved? That That would help a whole lot of things right there. Nancy Pelosi would get saved. The whole rest of them. Chuck Schumer, we could go on down the list. There's a lot of them, Republican and Democrats. This is what God was saying, what we're supposed to be doing here. He said, first of all, not second, not third, not last, but first of all, pray for all men. And especially what? These kings, why, those are people that are in authority. I, I, I think in the last few years, we've seen... a falling away of having respect for each other. I'll be honest with you. I voted for Trump both times. But I think even we saw in the Trump years when we began all of a sudden, it was all the bickering, all the fighting, no respect for anybody. All the cursing, all the swearing that has gone on and I'm thinking, you know, what a shame. We're America. We're better than that. Now, I'm not, I'm not condemning, condemning any of uh, uh, about Trump or anything else like that. I'm just saying here, the answer is, you know, may, maybe instead of just being so critical, even the Democrats, what if they prayed for Trump? What if the Republicans prayed for the Democrats? You all look at me like, man, is he compromising? No, I'm not compromising. I'm just saying we ought to be doing what God said to do. We're to pray for the president. We're to pray for our Congress. We're to pray for our senators. We're to pray for our governors. We're to pray for our mayors and our councilmen and our commissioners and our law enforcement, anybody that has a place of authority. I don't believe we're to pray they continue in the wicked ways they're going. I mean, the, the goof that they have in Chicago is a mayor. We ought to be praying that God would save her and she would look to the Lord for the right things. People are dying in Chicago right and left. We could do the same thing about in, in, in any big city in America today. We could be here's what we do. I know, I understand where we're coming from here. We grumble, we gripe, and we see the wicked things that are happening. But I wonder how much time have we spent praying for people to get right. And I hate to say this, and I'm wondering if we're all too late. That's gotten so bad. I believe God's able, don't you? But I also know that a nation can get so far because I look at other nations that have, that are no longer, the great dynasties that are no longer, they've been destroyed. We need to seek for our government, we need to pray for it. We need to ask God to help our leaders lead our nation as our country was founded. You know, I just wonder after they overturned Roe v. Wade and I listened to a lot of politicians what they had to say, makes me wonder, is there any hope for them? Well, to pray for them to be saved we ought to pray for those who are saved to know the mind of Christ. Amen. You see, the only way we can have 1 Timothy 2.2 2 is, and what it says there, it says that we may leave, lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, is to have leaders that will lead with the mind of Christ. I'm glad when we have politicians that lead in things that are politically conservative. But we need leaders to lead in things that are spiritually right. It really kind of boggles the mind that there's people in America upset that ladies can't kill their babies. It boggles our mind. you wonder how can we live in a country like that? In reality, our future is not dependent on the White House. Our future is not dependent on the courthouse. Our future is not dependent upon the House of Congress. I've been saying this for a long time, and I believe this on my heart. Our future depends on the church house. Amen. I'll guarantee you this. There are more people at the parks and the picnics that are at church on Sunday morning. And you know, if you went up to a lot of those people at the parks and the picnics and asked them, what do you think about what's happening in our nation? They would shake their head and they would say it's a shame. And I'm like, you know what? Why won't God's people stand up and do what's right then? I know that Second Chronicles 7.14 was written to the Jews. And I find other things of the Bible written to the Jews, but I believe are also for us. St. Chronicles 7:14, I believe, is something we can hold on to also. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Ladies and gentlemen, our land needs healed. Our land needs healed bad. You know what sad thing is? We can't get Christians to even do the first thing in that Second Chronicles 7.14, humble themselves. We won't even humble ourselves. And I thought, you know, we can't get past that, and it's even harder to get people to pray. Even harder than that is to get people to seek his face. And the, probably the hardest thing is to get people to turn from their wicked ways. But we all want the last part of that verse. Then we'll I hear from heaven and we'll forgive their sin and we'll heal their land. I would have to say probably everybody says, yeah, that's what we want. Unless they're really perverted. Ladies and gentlemen, we're living in desperate times. I mean, really, desperate times. I'm I'm not scared. I'm concerned. I believe God take care of us in desperate times. But we ought to pray like our future depends upon it because our future depends upon it. I got grandkids growing up, and many of you do too. I want them to know about the freedom that we have. But isn't it just in the last few years... Our nation has turned for even the worst. It's not wrong for us to be patriotic. I'm sad with what's going on in our nation today. But I still love our country. I'm still thankful for that big old flag behind me. It made me steaming mad when I saw those protesters burning an American flag. Now, you may think I'm mean, but I was hoping they'd burn their fingers on it. Stupid enough to burn a flag. I'll tell you what, they can burn all the flags they want to. It's not going to keep me from loving my country. But there are times... And again, I am for being patriotic, but I'm going to pray for our nation every day. But I'm also going to say this, there are times, now listen carefully, that we must stand up even against our nation, our government. I'm not getting a militia together. We're not starting a new country, Baptist City, USA, down here at the barn. We're not doing that. But there are times we must stand up to our government. George Washington said this, Government is a troublesome servant and a fearful master. I know this may seem, sound odd, but I think if you'll hear me out, You may understand what I'm saying. There is a time for civil disobedience. No, we're not starting a riot. We're not going to start a protest. I'm saying this. We're just going to do right no matter what. Civil disobedience. Now, the truth of the matter is our civil disobedience ought to be the last resort. Are you listening? I know I don't have spunk going on here this morning, but please do pay attention to what I'm saying. If our our government commands what God condemns, then we are obligated to disobey. Amen. You you can't go to church. Watch us. I've got to obey God. But the government says don't matter what the government says matter. The Bible says I'm not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Isn't that still in the Bible? Yeah. Remember, you say, preacher, where where do you get this stuff? Well, let's just say maybe the Bible. Pharaoh commanded to kill all the Hebrew baby boys in Exodus chapter number 2. Well, there was a baby boy named Moses. So his mother was going to be true to Pharaoh, who was the government authority. No. She disobeyed because to kill her baby would be murder. She disobeyed the government. Daniel disobeyed King Darius' order to pray to his God, little g. He said, you prayed our God, don't pray to your God, or you stop praying to your God. What did did Daniel do? Daniel prayed to his God, didn't he? He disobeyed government orders. Peter boldly told the religious rulers who ordered him to stop preaching about Jesus. You know what he said in Acts chapter 5, verse 29? We must obey God rather than men. Let me ask you this. Were they all blessed because of their disobedience? The answer is yes. Sometimes we need to use our freedom to defend our freedom, or we'll lose our freedom. Again, we've been scared because the liberals say separation of church and state. But my Bible tells me we're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. We Christians are important in this world. We're light and we're salt. The Bible says in, 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 in Psalm 107, verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. I was thinking, you know, Moses, he petitioned Pharaoh for the liberty of God's people. He went there and said, set my people free. You know, people sometimes say, well, you know, don't, you don't have to say anything. No, we need to do what's right. Nathan confronted King David. Did you hear what I said? King David. About his sin. Elijah faced off against King Ahab, who promoted idolatry and immorality. Isaiah condemned moral decay in the culture. Daniel pronounced judgment on King Nebuchadnezzar for for promoting idolatry. John the Baptist, he brought it up about King Herod and his adultery, didn't he? You see, I don't find anywhere in the Bible where God said, he said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, but render unto God that which is God's. He doesn't say that we as God's people cannot have an influence on the government. But God's saying this, be sure you obey me first. Amen. I'm so glad somebody kept praying and working and warning about the killing of babies. Amen. i the Roe v. Wade being overturned doesn't mean there will not be any more abortions. We've all seen probably on the news all the different companies. That's how wicked our world has gotten, America has gotten, to where companies now are willing to pay thousands of dollars to help women go across the border of, a, of a, one state to another so that they can abort their babies. You know what they're complaining about? These women are going to be inconvenienced to have to drive a few hours to kill their babies. That's really what it's all about. They're saying we need to make it more convenient for them to kill their babies. You see, I don't like you saying it that way. They're killing their babies, they're killing their babies. Marriage between men and women. Is to be said discrimination. How many, even in Christian circles today, don't see anything wrong with it? They say, "Well, you know, if two adults consenting adults, no, my Bible says a man for a woman, a woman for a man. That's the Bible. God created a woman and a man, Adam and Eve." saw an advertisement for a program about kids and drag I don't think I have to explain to you what that's all about but it's a men dressing up like women I don't know about you a real man doesn't want to dress up like a woman I don't understand why women want to dress up like men but that's a different story amen to that too do that in for extra the drag, these guys dress up. Now they got it now for kids, where kids are able to do it. Well, you know what? Is that surprising? With them teaching our children in our school system today, you are whatever sex you think you are. Ladies and gentlemen, God created only two. They may have different genders they want to talk about today, but God only did two. New York City, several hundred thousand dollars, Paying drag queens to read to little children in the libraries. I think how wicked that is, but probably even more wicked is a mom that would take a child to that. And here's what's sad about it all. It has the backing of our government. We, we listen to Congress. We listen to people now saying that it's what a step back now, how, how awful it is about this overturn of Roe v. Wade. They say, well, you know what? We have a right to do anything. But I look back again and I see what our founding fathers meant. They did not mean we have a right to do anything. What they were saying was this. We have the right to do what God says. That's what was expected. Our founding fathers did not come here so that men could marry men. They did not come here so we could kill our babies. They did not come here uh, to, for all this garbage that's going on today. That's not why they came here. They came here for our freedom, to obey God's word. Our country was to be governed in the realm of Of the word of God. Independence meant. Dependence. Upon God. So preacher what can we do. Real quickly let me give you just a couple things. One is this. Make sure you vote. Make sure you vote. I read I looked up this week about this. And I read that forty percent, and I used the word, they used the word evangelicals, and I think they probably put us in that area. We're fundamentalists, but they will put us in that area too. They said that less than forty percent of evangelicals Christians voted. Every one of us need to go out and vote. You say it'll take yeah, it'll take all what, ten minutes? It's not like we're in a big city. You say, well, my vote doesn't count. Well, you know what? No vote. What's that mean? That's called apathy. And I understand. You say, well, what's one vote? It's one vote, but you put that, multiply that many times. I use that, too, about when I have sign-up for things do sign up. People used to say, you know, what's it matter? You know, one or two more people. Thing is, what if five people say, what's it matter? One or two more people. It's 10 people. Well, what's my vote count? Multiply that how many times people say that. Maybe we could have some decent leaders in our Congress if God's people would get up off their chair and go vote. Amen. You say, I wish you would preach. I am preaching if you didn't notice. There's something we can do. We can also do this. Pray. Not now I lay me down to sleep, have Biden get saved, amen. I mean, really pray. Man, our nation needs it bad. So we need to vote, we need to pray. Number three, we need to win the lost. You know, most of the lost don't have a biblical view of life. When was the last time you led a person to Christ? Let's, let's, let's this morning, let's, let's do this. Let's just have everyone, when I, when I say so, hold up how many fingers? No, I won't, I won't make you do that. But here, the, the sad truth is this. When was the last time you won someone to Christ? Very few Christians, very few Christians ever lead one person to Christ. We need to lead people to Christ. Amen. They, can, they can get in church and they can learn the things of God's word. And number four, live the Christian life. Let your light shine. Amen. They're watching, they're watching. On the Liberty Bell in, in Philadelphia, there's a verse inscribed. It comes from Leviticus chapter 25, verse 10, and ye shall hallow the 50th year. And listen to this, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto thee, unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession. And you shall return every man unto his family. But proclaim liberty throughout all the land, unto all the inhabitants thereof. You know what? Real liberty is not being able to kill your baby, real liberty is having a nation that stands upon the Word of God. America's in bad shape, ladies and gentlemen. And it's not going to be helped by us boohooing about it. We just need to take the words of Christ. Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. But render unto God that which is God's. And I believe our nation was founded upon this blessed book. And the God of this book. Our nation needs a real healing our nation needs a touch from God but if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray seek my face and turn from the wicked ways then what he said he'd do he would heal our land didn't he will you do the first thing and humble yourself will you pray will you seek his face turn from your wicked way. You say, preacher that's just us we could be a start I don't know where our nation I'll tell you what it just scares me where our nation is headed just in the last few years I mean we have come to find out exactly what's going on in our schools today in America you folks know I've been yelling about that for a long time now all of a sudden we're finding out about it some nut job with the president got up and said about the the, the liberal world order. There's an agenda. There's a reason why the, why why things are so expensive and the price of gasoline is so high. It's not it's not Putin. There's a lot of things going on in America here to squeeze America. Till will we bow down to a? government rather than a God that has all the answers America needs I'm not a rebel this morning I got a cold yeah I don't feel very good right now yeah I'll be honest with you I'm probably more happy than you are I'm done preaching what a change but I love America I want to do what I can I know it's little but I can do what I can, and so can you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, this morning. I pray you're blessed to your people that have come this morning. We need something here today. and Lord, I thank you for our country. But Lord, it's in sure a mess. And I pray you'll speak to our hearts about it today. We as God's people, Lord, I gave four or five things that we can do. Lord, I pray that we'll do those things and you'll use us so we can see our nation return to thee. Lord, I I understand there's going to be some rules the government's going to put that's not contrary to the Bible that I'm going to have to listen to. But I did sure have got to do what you say. Help us to be responsible Christians and responsible citizens of what I consider the greatest nation in all the world, the United States of America. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed this morning, I wonder if there'd be anyone here that say, preacher, if I was to die today, I don't know, I'd go to heaven I tell you what, you think things are bad in America, you die without Christ, you'll find out how bad things really are. I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning would say, Preacher, if I was to die, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure of salvation. Christian, this morning, has God spoken to your heart. Are you praying for your country? Are you praying that God would have his will? Are you praying for our president and our Congress? That they would seek the face of God. Many of them need to be saved. The only time you ever hear the president talk about God is in his cursing. We ought to be crying out to God with all the problems that we have. If my people, God said. Maybe God spoke to your heart this morning. Why don't you decide, you know what, I'm going to be a good citizen and I'm going to be a good Christian at the same time. Father, pray you bless. Speak to us now in this invitation time. I pray that your will would be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.